Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. John chapter 11. We've been in this series called I Am, and uh, for the past seven weeks, if you haven't been with us, we've been, we were talking about Jesus. Jesus, he, he said seven different times throughout his life, uh, seven different times he says, I am something, an I am statement. In the Gospel of John, it records all seven times that uh, Jesus said this I am statement. And uh, we've been talking about it over the last seven weeks because we think it's important to know who Jesus is. I think there's a lot of people who say they worship Jesus and who say they know Jesus, but they look nothing like Jesus, they act nothing like Jesus, and they talk nothing like Jesus. As a church, we just said, let's get to know Jesus a little bit better. And so for the past seven weeks, we've been talking about different I am statements, and next week we'll start a whole new series called Stressed, and I really think you need to be there. But, but today we're going to wrap it up with the last I am statement. Jesus said things like, I am the bread of life. Come on. Anybody love bread? Come on, any carb lovers in here? Come on, somebody. I am the bread of life. And so uh, that was a, a beautiful statement from Jesus, finding out what that means. He said things like, I am the light of the world. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He said, I am the vine. What do all these mean? We talked about them. You can catch up on YouTube. Today we're going to read the last one in John chapter 11. We're going to begin to read in verse 17. If you don't have a Bible, it's okay. We're going to put it up on the Bible in the sky behind me. Uh, John chapter 11, verse 17. The last I am statement of Jesus. If you're there, can you shout amen? It says this. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. And when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary, she stayed home. Mary didn't even want to go outside. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, oh, I know he will rise. He'll rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this. Come on, somebody. Can we give Jesus a big praise right there? Come on. I am the resurrection and life. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down and grab a piece of paper or notes on your phone. Today, we're going to talk around this theme, around this I am statement. I am the resurrection and life. I am the resurrection and the life. I'm going I'm to try to unpack that a little bit, talk about Jesus and then we'll worship Jesus one more time and throw a party at the end. Everybody down? Come on, let's, let's pray before we begin. Why don't we close our eyes, bow our heads all throughout this place as we pray for God to help us this morning. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness, for your grace. 
Thank you for your love toward us and with us. Jesus, I pray that you would help us today to see you in a way we've never seen you before. Jesus, we want to see you more clear. We want to know who you are, Jesus. Jesus, I pray that today you will help all of us who came in here maybe with, with a heart that's down and, and we're actually feeling like we can't make it, God. Today, let it be a reminder that, Jesus, you are alive. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done for us. And I pray that you bless this day from Kendall to City Campus tonight for the worship service. Be with us. It is in your name that we pray. All of God's people say. Oh, come on. All of God's people say. Come on. Can you make some noise for Jesus one more time? Come on. Give him a big prayer. Beginnings and endings. Everything has a beginning and, and mostly everything has an ending. I don't know about you, but at times I've been happy or glad that some things have ended and other times I've been upset. But, but I, I can think of a few things that I've been glad that have ended in my life. Come on, anybody know some things in your life that you are glad that it ended? Come on. I'm glad some things ended in my life. My wife, she, um, she loves this particular actor. We were watching a movie the other day, and, and she loves this actor. Like, she is in love with this actor. She loves him, and we're praying about that issue, but we were watching one of his movies, and I think the guy is really, really cool. I like him. He's a really cool guy, but I think his movies are terrible. Just my opinion. I think his movies are terrible, and so I'm not going to say his name, because I really love the guy, but we were watching <clears throat> The Rock, and uh, his movies are great. <laughs> watching this movie, and and I'm like, my God, can this movie end? It is absolutely terrible. I thought it was a terrible film, a terrible movie. Like, you cannot jump from one skyscraper to another. Like, that's not real life. That is not cool. I don't like, this is so fake. And everybody's like, Alex, of course it is. That's why it's a movie. Well, I want my movies realistic. That's just my thing, right? I want my movies to be realistic. And they're jumping from one building to another. I'll save you. Ah! I'm just like, oh, come on. This movie's terrible. I wanted it to end. And when it ended, I was just so happy in my soul. Come Come on. I've been glad some things have ended in my life. And never forget one time we went to Atlanta, me and my brother decided to go to Six Flags in Atlanta. And uh, anybody enjoy roller coasters in here? Come on. Got some roller coaster lovers this morning. Uh, we were in this one roller coaster. And I'm not scared of roller coasters. I enjoy roller coasters. Uh, but sometimes I get a little nervous. Not scared, just a little nervous. Right? Like not, no fear. I'm not scared, but just a little bit nervous. And we got in this one roller coaster. It was one of these roller coasters that first goes forward. And then when it's done, it does everything backwards. Can I tell you, I've never prayed for something to end as much as I prayed that day. I spoke in tongues. Should about a Honda, but about a Mitsubishi. I, I mean, I pray all kinds of things. And, I wanted that ride to end, right? I was so glad finally when the ride ended. There's a lot of things that I've been glad in my life that have ended. There's some things that have ended that I, I didn't want to end. And it left me sad or, or heartbroken, right? There's some things that we don't want them to end. Have you ever been on vacation and you're like, oh, I don't want this vacation to end. Come on, everybody know what I'm talking about? I don't want to go home. I, I don't want to go back to my kids. Come on, somebody. No, we're just kidding. I don't want to go. I just don't want this. We were at a concert a few months ago, and the concert was amazing. And I remember as the concert was finishing, you already know when it's closing. I'm like, oh, I don't want it to end. We were just having such a good time. There's some things that we don't want them to end. Recently, uh, Vlad and Raquel, who are part of our dream team here, they're actually amazing. We love them so much. They, uh, they invited me and Diana to go see Dwayne Wade's final home game. Come on, it was amazing. Hey, we got some tickets. and. Do you want to go? Come on, anybody love D-Wade? Come on. I'm a huge 
D-Wade fan, and I've loved him for so much. Come on, he brought us three NBA championships. And to be able to go to the game, I was blown away. I said, absolutely, we'll go, let's go. And we were there at the game, and to see his final, final game, his career ending, and I'm not going to lie to you, between you and me, I, I cried that game. I cried at the game. I cried at home, right? Like, I, I was so upset his career ended. Like, some things, when they end, they can break your heart. Like some things in life are going to end and they will leave you heartbroken, right? Some things are going to happen. They're going to come to a closure and you're like, whoa, wait, wait, this wasn't supposed to end. I didn't want this to finish. To be honest, some things in life will finish, they'll end, and they'll make you feel like life is over. Like, come on, there's some of us in here, have you ever felt that way? Like, man, life is over. I can't believe this finished. Like maybe you're in here today and this is how you're feeling. Life has ended, and you're like, whoa, this is, this is ugly. I don't like the way this feels. Life oftentimes can feel like it's ending, and here's the big problem. When life feels like it's over, it can stop us, it can hold us back, and it can limit us. I feel like this is over. I'm facing this dilemma in my life, and sometimes because something ended in our life, it can actually feel like we're dying on the inside. Like, ah, I'm at this dead end in my life. I just feel like I'm dying on the inside. I, I got a question for you today. Like, like are, are you dead today? Right? Like, like, maybe that's a silly question for some, but, but I've felt sometimes like I've been dead on the inside. Like on the outside, we look good, we're smiling. On the outside, everything feels okay, but on the inside, because something tragic has happened, because something ended in a way we didn't want it to end, it can feel like we're dying on the inside. I felt that way. I, I don't like when certain things have ended. I don't like when, when life has felt like, like it's over. So I'm really dying on the inside. I, I know there's some people in here today that you feel like you're dying on the inside. Listen, I, I know there's some people that walked in here today and you feel like life, it, it makes no sense. I don't understand why this ended. I, maybe you're in here, you're like, Alex, my, my marriage is ending or your marriage already ended. Maybe, maybe you're in here, you're like, Alex, the dream job that I had actually turned into a nightmare, and it feels like life is ending. Alex, my, my finances are all over the place, and I feel like, like I'm dying on the inside. I feel like I have no hope. I feel like I have no purpose. There, there's some people in here today that you walked in here, and it feels like you're dying on the inside. Like, ah, I'm just, I'm dying inside. I feel like I'm, I'm dead. I feel like there's no hope. My emotions are cold. I, my heart is not the way it used to be, right? Like my kids are all over the place. My family life is all over the place. My mind is not right. I've let this addiction, this habit get the best of me and, and life is just all messed up. Life is all over the place and, and I feel like I'm dying on the inside. There's some people that walked in here today and this is how you feel. Like this is where you're at. But I love that we get to gather on a day like today because today we remember that nothing's over until God says it's over. Oh, come on, you might have walked in feeling like you're dying on the inside or, or you, might have, you might have walked in thinking that it's over, but I serve a God that says as long as I'm still in the picture, oh, come on, it's not over until God says it's over. Come on, we serve a God that can give you hope. We serve a God that can give you peace. We serve a God that can give purpose. He's a God that brings things back to life. That's the God that I serve. It's Resurrection Sunday. Resurrection, the definition is to bring back to life or back into existence or use. 
Maybe today you're like, there's no use for my life. Can I tell you, it's Resurrection Sunday. He can bring you back into existence. He can bring you back into use. He can bring you back into life. It's Resurrection Sunday. And here's what I know. Jesus, he overcame the grave so that you and I wouldn't have to live in one. I want to tell you today, don't put a period where God puts a comma. Oh, come on, there's probably a comma in your life, and you're thinking it's a period. I'm here to tell you it's not the end. As long as Jesus is still in the picture, as long as God is still for you, come on, there's still hope. There's still chance. There's still opportunity for your life to make a turnaround. If you believe it, oh, come on, 11 a.m., you need to give Jesus a big shout of praise. It's not the end. It's not the end. There can still be a turnaround in your life. Jesus defeated the grave so that we don't have to live in one. Today, do you feel like you're in a grave? Today, do you feel like your life is dying or you're dead? I can't keep going forward. He's alive. That's what we celebrate. John chapter 11, I love this story. This is Jesus. And he's hanging out with his disciples. John chapter 11 is one of the best stories ever. And you got to read the whole chapter. It's extremely interesting. Jesus has been hanging out with his, his disciples. This is the week before he goes to the cross. And, and they've all been hanging out, just talking. And they've been talking about D-Wade's career. And they've been talking about this Israel basketball team and eating pita chips and hummus and hanging out. And, and all of a sudden, he, he gets this letter from Mary and Martha. Now, now, this is what you need to know. Mary and Martha are really close friends to Jesus. It was three of them, actually. It was Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. There were three friends that Jesus had, really good friends. They used to hang out all the time. And Mary and Martha, they send this letter over to Jesus, and they say, Jesus, Lazarus, our brother, the one you love, is sick, and he's going to die. I love the way they wrote the letter because they remind Jesus of his love toward Lazarus. But I think what they were really doing is reminding themselves of his love for them. Because often when we're in a crisis, the first thing that we question is his love toward us. Right? You're, you're, in a moment, you're like, how can, how can this thing end? I can't believe my life is looking this way. And often we say, God, I thought you loved me. Why am I in this situation today? And though they say, Jesus, the one you love, remember you love him. Remember we hung out. Remember we're friends. The one you love, he's dying. And he's about to die. The Bible says that Jesus was just about two miles away, and he decides to take his time. He says, okay, it's cool, nice. I'll be there in two days. Well, wait, Jesus, I thought you loved, I thought you loved them. That verse is one of the most confusing verses in the Bible. It says, and Jesus loved Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, and so he took two more days. <laughs> Can I tell you, sometimes God will take his time in your life, not because he doesn't love you, but because he loves you. He took his time, he waited two more days, and Lazarus, he, he ends up dying. Like Lazarus dies. Lazarus dies and they have to put him into a grave. Sometimes we're saying, God, how can you take so long? And, and I thought you would have showed up earlier, I thought you loved me, but some things in our life have to die because he loves us. There's some things in your life that had to end because he loves you. There's some relationships that you had to lose. There's some jobs that you had to let go of. There's some toxic places that you had to leave in your past. And God allowed it to happen because he loved you. And so Jesus, after two days, is finally like, all right, let's go. Let's go see Lazarus. And they're like, he's dead by now. Right? The disciples are like, are you serious? You got this letter two days ago. and You're going now? And Jesus says, oh... Lazarus is just sleeping. Let's go so that we awake him. 
The disciples, they're clueless. They've been clueless their whole lives. And, right, like a lot of us, I'm glad that God uses clueless people. Can I get an amen? And he's like, oh, if he's only sleeping, then it's going to be okay. Jesus is like, he's, what I meant is he's dead. He's dead, and I'm going to go resurrect him. Now there in the story, Thomas says, oh, my God. Well, I guess we should all go and die with Lazarus. There's one friend that died on the outside, but in this story, there's three characters that are dying on the inside. One of them died, like physically. One of them is in a grave, but there's three of them that are dying on the inside. The first one is Thomas. Thomas is like, are you serious? He, he died, Jesus? You let him die? Oh, let's go. Yeah, yeah, I guess let's go so we can all die with Lazarus, Jesus. Wow, Jesus, I thought you were the Messiah, I thought you were to help us. Oh, my God, he, he's dying in doubt. Have you ever doubted Jesus? Come on, come on. Like, can we be honest this Sunday morning? Like, like I've doubted Jesus. I've doubted God. Like, God, where are you? I, I don't understand. Like, I don't, I don't see your hand. Why, why do you let these things happen? I, I don't get this faith walk. I don't get this journey. Like, life sometimes can leave you speechless. And we can often be like Thomas, dying in our doubt. And doubt will leave you to worry, and worry to anxiety. And then all of a sudden we find ourselves anxious, full of stress, full of worry. But I've, what I've learned to do is that, that instead of worrying, what you need to do is that you need to worship. Because when you worship, you're reminded of God's presence. You're reminded of his goodness. You're reminded that he has a plan. Don't worry, just worship. Thomas, Thomas is dying on the inside with doubt. Let's just go. Let's go die with him. It says they walked this two-mile journey, right? They get to Bethany. And when they get to Bethany, it says that Martha, she goes running out to meet Jesus. But one stays behind, and it's her sister Mary. Mary stays home. Like, like Mary doesn't even want to go talk to Jesus anymore. She's like, he, now he shows up? I ain't, ain't going to talk to Jesus now. Now he decides, two days later, right? Like, now he decides to show up? Can I tell you, Mary, she's dying in her discouragement. Thomas is dying in his doubt, but Mary, she's dying in her discouragement. She's like, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. He should have showed up two days ago. He decides to show up now. Now everybody's going to go out and beat Jesus right now. I'm, I'm not going to meet him. No, like it's over. Like it's over. Some things have happened in my life that I didn't want them to happen. And so I'm down. Yeah, of course I'm down. I'm discouraged. I'm depressed. I don't like this. Why did God allow this? I'm not even going out to meet him. For what? It's over. There's nothing he can do now. What's, it, what's he going to do? He's in a grave. My brother is in a grave. What is he going to do now? Discouraged. Some of you are discouraged this morning. Go to Easter for what? For what? Like, I don't even even want to go to church. Some of you, you you don't even want to show up today. You don't even want to be in here. For what? It's over. My life is a mess. Look what I've done. Look what my life has turned into. I've ruined my marriage. I've ruined my family. I've ruined my home. Like, come on, like, that life isn't turning out the way I want it. Like, no, I'm done. I'm done. Today, you're dying in your discouragement. Two characters dying on the inside. The third one is Martha. Like, Martha, she runs out to meet Jesus, right? She's like, Jesus is here. Let me go talk to him right now. Let me go talk to him. She goes out, right? She goes out. <laughs> she goes out. And she's like, Jesus, Jesus, are you serious? Jesus, you show up today. Jesus, we sent you that letter days ago, and you show up now? She says this, Jesus, if you would have shown up earlier, my brother would not have died. You know, she's dying on the inside. She's dying of delay. She's upset and dying because God 
is delayed in answering her request. If you would have shown up here earlier, my brother, he would not have died. He would have lived. I can't believe you, Jesus. There's some people in here today, you're dying because God has delayed himself in answering the way that you wanted. Because God isn't on your schedule and on your timetable. Can I tell you, God often doesn't work in our timetable or in our schedule. And there's some people in here, you're discouraged, you're down, you're doubting, you're dying because God has taken you too long. You know how long we've been praying to have a baby for? You know how I see all these people getting pregnant? Some of them just got married a day later pregnant. What is this, God? Some of you in here, you're, you're, you're delayed in trying to find a job. God, where's my job? I got a family to provide for. God, God, where, where's the window of opportunity? God, really, I thought my marriage was going to be fixed by now, God. God, I'm still divorced, and here I am, a single father, single mother. And you're dying in your delay. Maybe you're in here, you're dying from doubt, you're dying from discouragement, or you're dying because of delay. Jesus begins to talk to Martha. They begin to have an interesting conversation because, because Martha says, if you would have been here earlier, my brother would have lived. And then she says, but I know, this is what she says. She goes, but I know that even now, whatever you ask, the Father will give it to you. Oh, can I tell you today, you may be doubting. Today you may be discouraged. Today you may feel like you're delayed. But somebody in here, you need to have an even now moment with God. You may say, I'm down, I'm out, I'm discouraged, but I know that even now. Oh, come on, somebody. You need to have an even now type of moment. Oh, my life may be delayed. My life may be down and depressed and discouraged. I may be full of doubt, but I know that even now I serve a good God. I know that even now God will make a way. My marriage is probably over. But even now, God will do it. My family may look like a mess, but even now, God can free me. I may be addicted and bound up, but even now, I serve a God that frees. I serve a God that saves. I serve a God that heals. I serve a God that has power. And I know that even now, come on, somebody, give God a big praise in this place. Listen to me. Somebody walked in here this morning. Listen, you need to have an even now moment. I know, you're, I know you're full of doubt. I know you're full of discouragement. I know that you're, you're, you're upset, you're bothered, frustrated. Faith is going out because you're delayed. But you need to have an even now moment. Even now, God, I know that you can do this. Somebody here needs to have an even now moment with God. Jesus responds to her and he says, your brother, he will rise again. Woo! Your brother, he will rise again. Martha's thinking something different. She says, oh, Jesus, I know, I know he'll rise again. He'll rise again in the resurrection in the last day. When everybody resurrects, he'll resurrect. And this is where Jesus says a powerful, powerful statement. He says, oh, not in the resurrection. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. Oh, resurrection. I want to tell you that resurrection is not an event. Resurrection is a person and his name is Jesus. Resurrection is Jesus himself. It's not a one-day event. It's an everyday type of thing. Jesus comes to give us life every single day. He says, not back then, not, not in the last day, but now. I am the resurrection. What that means is that he wants to give you life and life to the full. Not just eternal life after we die, but you can start to have life even now. Your hopes can come back. Your dreams can come back. You can have vision again. You can have peace again. You can have joy on your You're dying on the inside. He comes to give you life today because he is the resurrection. 
He says, I am the resurrection. I love Jesus. And then he goes, show me, where, show me where the tomb is. Everybody's like, what, Jesus, what? Like, Lazarus has been dead for four days. What? Yeah, show me where the tomb is. Jesus was awesome. Come on, somebody. Jesus was awesome. Like, just imagine Jesus walking in Bethany to, to like, Lazarus' grave. Like, are you serious? Show me where the grave is. Show me where the tomb is. Everybody's like, Jesus, are you serious? It's this way. Jesus knows what he's about to do. Like, just imagine Jesus walking. Like, he's bad. Gets to the grave. <laughs> Gets to the grave and he's like, somebody roll away the stone. Wait, wait, Jesus, wait, are you serious? Like, my brother's been dead for four days. Martha says, by now, he stinks. Like, Jesus, I don't know if you know or not, but when, when we die, our body decomposes. It's been four days. Like, it's over, over. There was Jewish belief back then that the spirit would hover around a dead body for three days, but after three days, then it was dead. Like, not just dead, he was dead, dead. Like, on the fourth day, it was done. Jesus on purpose waited for a fourth day. And he's like, no, roll away the stone. He's decaying, he's dying. The King James Version says it really cool. Martha says this, Jesus, by now, he stinketh. <laughs> Are you sitting next to somebody that stinketh? No, don't do that. Don't do that. But there's, there's some of us in here that say, oh, my life does stink today. Like I've made this mess because of actions that I, that I did my marriage has ended. I made some poor choices in life and lost my job. And some of my own habits now have my kids away from me. My life does stink, and you think that it stinks. What I love is that Jesus is not afraid of a stinky situation. He's not afraid of our mess. It's not gonna keep him away from you and I. It's not gonna keep him away from loving us. He says, roll away the stone. And they roll away the stone, and when they do, I love this. The Bible says that Jesus, he yells, Lazarus, come forth. Woo! Powerful. One old preacher said that he had to say the name Lazarus, otherwise every single dead body in that grave would have resurrected that day. Imagine everybody looking inside the grave, this, this dark hole way back there, and they start hearing some movement, and little by little, they start seeing something, and up out of that grave comes Lazarus. He is the resurrection. What I love about this story is that it was actually foreshadowing Jesus' own death. Jesus resurrected Lazarus a week before he himself was going to be in a grave. Because that was Lazarus Saturday, but on Sunday was Palm Sunday. He was walking into Jerusalem, only so on Friday they would crucify him, and on Saturday his body would be in a grave. It was almost like Jesus was telling his disciples and his followers, hey, I want you to watch this because the same way that Lazarus is in a grave, my body's going to be in a grave in a week. But the same power that can bring Lazarus out, oh, it can bring myself out because I am the resurrection. Death has no power over me. You may see my body in a grave. You may see me hanging on a cross, but you just hold on a little bit because I am the resurrection. Death has no power. Death has been defeated. Death has died because of Jesus. 
And the Bible says that Friday was a gruesome, ugly day and Saturday was silent. But on the third, come on, on Sunday morning, it says that Mary and Martha, they ran to the tomb. And all of a sudden they saw that the stone, it had been rolled away. And an angel was there and he says, why are you looking for the living among the dead? Can I tell you, Jesus, he's alive. Jesus has power for your life and for my life. It's not too late. It's not the end. It's not over. Somebody give God a big praise in this place. Come on, he's alive. Come on, he's the answer. Come on, there's hope in Jesus today. Today you may be dying on the inside. Can I tell you, he is the resurrection. Same way he brought up Lazarus. Same way he resurrected. He wants to resurrect you today. Somebody in here today, you need to resurrect. You need to come out of that grave today. He's saying, come forth. Come forth. He's saying, Peter, come forth. He's saying, Elizabeth, come forth. Oh, come on. He's saying, Daniel, come forth. He's saying, Juan, come forth. Oh, come on. He's saying, Vanessa, come forth. Get out of that dead place. Get out of that mess. It is not for you to live in there. It is over when I say it's over. Today there's life and life to the full because of Jesus. I love it. He's the resurrection and he is the life. I love Jesus. Really quick, I'm going to finish with the three things. The band's going to come up. We're going to sing a song. Three things. I want you to write these down really, really quick. Every single time we think about the resurrection and the life, I wanted to remind us about these three quick things. Write this down. Number one, let it remind you of his love. Somebody say love. Can I tell you, God loves you too much to leave you in the grave. Same way he loved Lazarus, he loves you. He loves you. He loves you so much that he'll... He'll cry when he sees you're in trouble. He'll cry when he sees you in a crisis. He cried when Lazarus was in the grave. Shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. Jesus loves you. Today, if you're in the middle of a crisis, today, if you're in the middle of dying of doubt, discouragement, and delay, remind your soul that he loves you. He loves you. I know we've all heard this verse before, seen it at football games and all that, but I think it's a good reminder for our soul. John chapter 3, verse 16. For God loved the world so much that he gave his only son so that anyone who believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. He loves you so much that he gave his only son to die. God the Father today, he loves you. He loves you. Somebody needs to be reminded of God's love today. You came, you're upset, you don't even want to be in church. Today he, he, he allowed you to come in here to remind you that he loves you. I love what author Max Lucado says about John 3.16. He says this, if you know nothing of the Bible, start here. If you know everything in the Bible, return here. Some of us need to go back to John 3.16. Some of us, we've been walking with Jesus for 10, 15, 20 years. You need to remind your soul he loves you. He loves me. He loves me so much. He sent his son Jesus to die for me. Remember his love. Number two, remember his grace. Somebody say grace. I want to tell you, there's nothing to finish that God's grace can't cover. You're saying, Alex, <laughs> that's for somebody else. That's cool, but not me. I've messed up too much, sinned too much, done too much damage, done too much wrong. Can I tell you, his grace will cover it. That's why Jesus came and died for us. This is why he bled out, so that his blood and his grace will cover all of our mistakes. Today, you need to be reminded of his grace. Are you dying on the inside? Are you feeling weak, like you can't keep going? There's no hope. Let his grace carry you. 
There's nothing to finish that God's grace can't cover. Number one, let's remember his love. Let's remember his grace. And third and finally, write this down. Remember his power. I want to tell you that God, he's full of power. And sometimes we can be so prideful to think that we're more powerful than God. What I did, God can't forgive. Where I've been, God must not love me. Can I tell you we're not that powerful? We can't destroy something so much that God can't fix. He's full of power. Lazarus was dead in the grave for four days. Jesus showed up, called his name, and brought him up out of that grave. Jesus himself, a week later, he was, he was in the tomb. He was in the grave. Me and Diana, we went to Israel this past year, and we were able to walk inside the grave. And I want to tell you, it is empty. His body laid there one day, and it was lifeless on Saturday. But, but I believe that somewhere around the midnight hour, early Sunday morning, come on, his body began to breathe. And all of a sudden, the body that had been bled out, the heart that had burst, all of a sudden, blood began to flow again. And every artery, every vein, the brain started functioning. The eyes began to see again. And Jesus, he rose up from the grave. I want to tell you, there's power in our God. There's nothing too dead. There's nothing too messed up that God can't bring back to life. Come on, there's power in the name of our God. There is power in the name of Jesus. That's what Resurrection Sunday is all about. That God has the ultimate power. God, he has the last and final word. Today, there's power for you and there's power for me. I love what Ephesians says. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 19 and 20. Paul will finish with this. Paul says this. I pray that you'll begin to understand how incredibly great his power is. To those who believe him, you have power to help you. It is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in heaven. The same power that rose Jesus from the dead. I want to tell you that's, that power is here today. Oh, come on, 11 8. That power is here today. There's power to pick you up from where you are. I want all of us to stand up on our feet. We're leaving in just a moment. Come on. From the floor to the balcony. Can, can every eye be closed and every head be bowed? In fact, I'm going to ask... We're leaving in just about like two minutes, so if you can, I'm going to ask everybody if you can just stay still for just the next two minutes. Every eye be closed and every head be bowed. I want all of us in an attitude of prayer. There's people in here today. Listen, there's power for you today. It's a power far greater than you could ever imagine. Today, you need to be reminded of his love. He loves you. You need to know there's grace for you. He'll cover it. Take it away. And you need to be reminded of his power. I don't know who you are, but there's somebody in here today. You need to, you need to know this. He loves you. He loves you so much. With every eye closed and every head bowed. Maybe you're in here today and you're saying, Alex, I don't know this God. Maybe you're in here today and you're saying, Alex, I feel far from this God. I don't know, maybe you came in here today and you're saying, Alex, I've done too much wrong. I've messed up too much. Messed up my marriage, messed up my home, my relationship with my parents, my kids. I don't know, I feel far from God, Alex. I feel distant. 
God can't love somebody like me. I've done stuff that nobody knows about. Can I tell you, nobody probably knows, but God knows and he loves you still. It's the beautiful thing about God. It's the beautiful thing about the gospel is that God, he knows all of our life and yet he still chose to love us. The Bible says that all of us were sinners. I want to tell you there's not one perfect person in this place today. I've done wrong. You've done wrong. We've done wrong. We've thought wrong. We've said wrong. The Bible says that every single one of us were sinners and that our sin separates us from God. Our actions have separated us from God. And so today you may feel distant, and that's true. But I also want to tell you that God is right next to you waiting with arms open wide. Because where sin came to separate us, Jesus, oh, come on, he came to unite us. The Bible says that Jesus, he came down. He grabbed my sin, your sin, our shame, our guilt, our embarrassment, our mess-ups. The Bible says that he carried the sins of the world on his shoulders. He went up on the cross, and on a Friday, he died a gruesome death for you and for me. He died for you. But then on Sunday morning, he resurrected for you as well. Jesus died for your sins, but he also resurrected for your life. Come on, with every eye closed, every single eye closed, every head bowed. I want a moment of privacy and concentration. If you're in here today, this is the most important part of the service. If you're in here today and you say, Alex, I'm far from God, but I need a relationship with God. I, I want a brand new beginning of my life. I'm tired of the way I've been living. I'm tired. I want hope. I want joy. I want peace. It's only found in Jesus. Today, if you're in here, you say, Alex, I need forgiveness for my sins. If you're saying, Alex, today I want to begin again. I want to have a relationship with God. I'm going to count to three in just a moment. I'm going to count to three. And when I count to three, I want all of you that want Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And you want a new life. You want forgiveness. I want you to raise your hand just for a few seconds. Every eye closed, every head bowed. I'm not going to embarrass anybody. I'm not going to give nobody a mic. In fact, the whole church praying, eyes closed, head bowed. If you're in here and you're saying, Alex, that's me, I need forgiveness, I want a relationship with God, when I count to three, I want you to raise your hand. Number one, I believe God has seen you take the step of faith and he's going to see your heart. Number two, I just want to know who I'm praying for. Maybe you grew up knowing about God and Jesus. You grew up in church your whole life, but you've walked away. And you're saying, Alex, I've strayed, but, but I know today i got to come back. You can raise your hand as well. Come on, every eye closed, every head bowed. At the count of three, raise your hand. Hold it up just for a few seconds so that I can see you. And then you can put it right back down. One two three raise your hand all across this auditorium come on can you raise it up as high as you can i see you 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 god bless you god bless you god bless you god bless you and you and you and you and you and you back there and you back there come on hold it up as high as you can i see you all the way in the back in the balcony i see you 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 god bless you and you and you and you and you all the way up there come on raise your hand i see you i see you hands raised up everywhere all the way to my right to the left hands raised up. Father, I thank you so much for all these hands raised. Thank you for every single person making a decision today to follow you. I'm going to say a simple prayer, eyes closed, head bowed. I want everybody to repeat this prayer. with. If you raise your hand, repeat this prayer with me. I believe that today Jesus is coming into your life, forgiving you of your sins, He's becoming your Lord and your Savior, and you're starting a brand new relationship with Him. Repeat after me. Say, Father, thank you for tonight. Thank you for this opportunity. I admit that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you. Jesus, come on, say, Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God, that you died for my sins, and on the third day, you resurrected. Come into my life, 
Forgive me of my sins. Be my Lord and be my Savior. From today on, I am forgiven, I am saved, and I'm healed. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Come on, Calvary. Can, oh, come on. Can you put your hands together today? Come on. Can we celebrate Jesus today?